0: Hello guys and welcome back to another episode of Miss Congeniality. Hi. We have so much to wow we have so much to discuss. I can hardly wait but I had to tell you I opened up my laptop to record an episode of my stunning and perfect podcast that I love and all I see on my screen is Netflix's documentary Don't Fuck With Cats and spoiler alert I'm watching it and My friends have this running joke that I tend to, like, miss everything that's, like, pop-culturally relevant. So, like, I just, like, won't pay attention. Like, I think that my ADHD brain just can, like, decide not to pay attention to something. So, like, I'm trying to think of something that I didn't pay attention to for so long and then I had to go, like backtrack and like read everything that happened and it's not like politics or something that's like actually relevant that I'm ignoring it's like I'm ignoring like random pop culture things like I ignored euphoria for two years like I just didn't know what it was about I didn't care to know I wasn't gonna look into it like any memes or conversation or culture surrounding it I just ignored like I just I ignored it and then finally when I was ready and it felt like the time had struck right I decided to watch it myself and I was two years late and I had to like backtrack that happens a lot with like television shows movies like any like pop culture thing like I'm trying to think of what else and I just like can't it's not coming to me but like it happens all the time oh my friends always joke like I had developed this obsession with space last year and i'm still obsessed with space and like just was like on insane youtube rabbit holes and like watched interstellar for the first time and everybody was like you are like so, like space like as an obsession like came and went like people were really obsessed with like interstellar when it came out like you are late to the game on this like pop culturally relevant and not that space is pop culture but you guys know what i mean like the movie the fanfare around it the the excitement the conversation around interstellar like i was very late to that so again with don't fuck with cats like i don't know when don't fuck with cats came out like i don't know and i had never heard of it but but like my friends are like dude that was like the biggest thing ever when it came out so effectively it's this uh documentary uh called don't fuck with cats on netflix i'm gonna give a brief synopsis it's a true story it's so horrific and horrifying and truly heinous but basically it's about this. this like video goes up on YouTube and it is a video of this guy and he's like completely anonymous but you can sort of see like a glimpse of his face and he's killing two cats like viciously on the camera and this Facebook group of like people that are kind of like chronically online but like not like creepy or weird people they're more so like I feel like they're just like lonely and like looking for something to do and their hobby is like internet like they just like to surf the web so they like start like putting together this Facebook group trying to figure out who the fucking guy is that killed the cat and they go on this like wild goose chase for the guy who then starts killing people and becomes like a serial killer so this is all a true story like it's it's happened it it happened I didn't know about the true story the true story happened like oh I want to say a while ago I want to say it was like 2010 let me just quickly let me just quickly get my facts straight here Okay so this actually took place in 2010. In 2019 is when the documentary was released. So I was young in 2010. Like I wasn't learning about this but like apparently when the documentary came out there was all this hoopla around it. I didn't know. Now I'm watching it and it is really fucked up. I like a fucked up documentary. Like this is horrifying. It's terrible. Like last night I was eating um frozen yogurt while I was watching the second episode and I was like getting nauseous like it's kind of that gruesome so I wouldn't watch it while you eat I don't know if I'm like giving a good like reason for you guys to watch this like I do think it's like a pretty well done documentary like on the spectrum of docs like I'm liking it I'm not done with it yet and I'm glad that I don't know what happened in the case because like currently as it stands if you've watched it you would know that like basically the police get involved eventually so like basically what happens is spoiler okay so basically what hap- ends up happening, if you've watched it, is, like, this Facebook group is trying to hunt down this guy. They pinpoint the guy as Luca Magnotta, Like, Magnota Mignotta, that's his name. He's, like, in Canada. And they're, like, looking for him in Canada. They call the cops. They're, like, this guy's killing cats. The cops, like, don't really care. Then Luca Magnota like, makes a video of himself, like, murdering a human being. And I don't know. Like, the one thing about the Facebook group is, like, I was thinking they should have contacted the police, like, again to be like there's a video surfacing the web but they like waited because like the cops didn't take them seriously the first time so they're like waiting for the body to be discovered to like tell them about the video i guess that is roughly the timeline so then basically like luca idiot Like, he's so awful, horrendous person. He puts, like, the body, like, parts, like, in trash bags and just, like, leaves them, like, outside. It was almost like he wanted to be found, like, where we're at right now. So then, like, the Facebook group people are, like, hey, like, cops, there's this video that, like, this is, like, your evidence. So effectively then the cops team up with the Facebook group and then finally they have enough evidence to be like the person, like the missing person, like the wanted guy, like the criminal in this case is Luca Vignoda. Like everybody needs to try to find him. That's the end of the second episode. Left on a cliffhanger. Now I'm waiting to see what happens next. I'm gonna just say like if I had to guess, I'm guessing that people, that he's gonna kill more people because basically what he's doing is like leaving little notes if you've seen it like he leaves like little notes to like people like you know as serial killers do which is so sadistic and like awful but he's effectively like trying to like get them like to think that he's gonna do it again so I'm thinking he's probably gonna do it again before they catch him because he's like on the run and thus far has done a pretty good job of not being found out despite being like not clever and pretty obvious So I don't know what's going to happen. It's actually horrible and horrifying, but I'm really intrigued by like true crime documentaries. And yeah, so that's what I'm watching. And that's what I thought about right when I opened up my laptop (laughs) to record this episode. But other updates. I hope you guys are doing so well. I know it's been a while. I took off for Labor Day. Um, my best friend Allie visited me in the city and we went home to my parents' house and we went to Fire Island. And for those of you who aren't from the Tri-State or maybe don't aren't familiar with Fire Island, it's like right, an island right before the Hamptons that is so cute and adorable you can only get there by boat there's no way to get there by cars so there aren't cars on the island to my knowledge there are only golf carts and it's a huge like weekender destination for people from Long Island but like you could also get there like you could get there and go home in the same day um so we took the boat out there and it was so much fun I hadn't like went to a party like that like at, at a bar in so long we went to Flynn's um bar in Staten Island a lot of people told me that was the wrong choice but It was not my decision, and it was, like, one of the first times this summer that I felt, like, tipsy, like, truly tipsy, like, I've definitely had a few drinks here or there, I've been trying to knock down the amount that I've been drinking, but, like, that was one of the first times I felt, like, borderline probably drunk, and honestly like I forgot about a hangover like I started getting a headache on the way back and then like when I got home I had a headache and I was like I don't feel good I have a headache I like forgot that alcohol could do that to you and it kind of like jarred me because I haven't had a hangover in so long or haven't felt like hungover in so long that I was like it scares me that this is what this does to my body now like I'm not villainizing drinking if you like to do it I'm just like making a comment on like how I felt because I've definitely been trying to navigate like what it means to like cut back on alcohol when I've been someone that was like Com not commonly associated with partying but like I was always down for a good time and I still am like sans alcohol but I used to be someone that could go out and have like four or five drinks six drinks and now I'm sick when I do that so something to note. that was really interesting but overall the weekend was absolutely great um before that there was like so much other stuff because I haven't talked to you guys in a few weeks I went to East Hampton with Gals on the Go and Fashion Pass and like I get a lot of questions as to like whether those trips are fun or not but I've been doing I think a pretty good job at like setting my own boundaries and saying no to things when I don't want to go to them. And it's not that I don't want to go to events and whatnot, there's just like an influx of them. And I just don't feel the need to be everywhere all the time. And I definitely wanted to pull back from like events and socializing and all that stuff and kind of like just focus on my book and stay in my own lane. And that was an event that I said yes to, like, a month in advance that I was really excited about because I love Brooke and Danielle, and I didn't know who else was going on the trip until, like, the day before, actually, um. but it was a great group, I and Brooke and Danielle are just truly, like, two people that I just find to be so wonderful and, and comfor- comforting to be around, and, like, they've really been in this space for so long. They're very, like, no drama, no bullshit, which I really appreciate, and it was a really great time. The resort that we stayed at in East Hampton, like, EHP, it's, like, I don't know exactly what it's called, but that was the acronym, was incredible the restaurant was so good and it was so much fun to be there with fashion pass we went on a boat I kind of felt like I lived out my summer in like two weekends because I hadn't been like doing any summertime things because I've been working and writing this whole summer so that was like just amazing and so much fun and then I also of course was in Boston and like Just a shout out to everybody from Boston and everybody who lives there. Like, fuck yeah, Boston. Boston is gorgeous. Boston is clean. The people in Boston are nice. The food in Boston is dank as hell. We went to Contessa. Contessa is bomb. It's owned by the same um, people that own uh, Carbone, I want to say. And it was so good. I met a ton of my followers. It was so much fun. Like, Lady Gaga was truly, like, the best concert I've ever been to. Like, we just had the best time Um, and I was like just in awe of Boston. Like I always say this, like I never was like super dead set on moving to New York City. I love New York City and it'll always have a special place in my heart. But after graduating, like that wasn't something that I like had my eyes set on or my heart set on. It kind of just happened and I like went with it. Um, and I always told myself I didn't want to live in New York City for the rest of my life. Like I just want to explore other places and like, you know, I feel like you always find your way back home. So like, who knows? But like Boston is like low key on my radar. Like, I was like deadass like this place is nice it's so nice I'm so excited for Jake to live there and so we had just an amazing time in Boston I'm trying to think of like what else happened and what else is happening oh I also saw the Harry Potter play if you have the chance like enter the lottery like it is really really magical like usually I'm the person at the theater like sitting there being like okay like that's how I did that quick change like okay like I worked in theater like I know how they did this shit I know how they pulled that off with this it was like no like I truly could not have told you how they pulled off anything they fucking pulled off like it was true magic thank you to Harry Potter for sending us there like Kelly and I just like had the best fucking time and like waked out over the whole thing and it was like absolutely iconic and amazing I would highly recommend seeing it if you can. It was just chef's kiss on the vein of theater. Like I've gotten tagged in like 75,000 things of Leah Michelle singing. Don't rain in my parade today. Like everyone's like, what are your thoughts? I'm like, my thoughts are, we knew she was going to sound that good. Like guys, like. The whole reason Kurt says like boy like she can be difficult but boy can she sing is cuz like that's the fucking truth. Like she's difficult, she's not a good person, but she can sing. So people asking like what are your thoughts on her performance? I'm like my thoughts are like if she didn't deliver that, I was going to be mad. Because like like they literally hired you to sing that song. Like we we they hired you to sing like despite everything, in spite of everything, in spite of all the bullshit. Like they hired you to perform that well because you can like in spite of everything else like that's the least you can do is fucking perform and perform that in that level so i find it funny that people are like how do you feel about the performance i'm like it was amazing it's am- it sounds amazing obviously like that's what like it just i'm like what do you mean we knew it was going to sound that good. Like, that. the whole conversation was not surrounding whether or not she was going to sing it well. Every bitch knew she was going to sing it well. But I will say one thing I did like. She growls. I don't want to give anything away because, like, I know that there are people that are, like, not listening to the bootleg because they're going to go see it. Um, but if you did hear the bootleg on TikTok or, like, if you don't care at all, she growls on the line, um, I'm a comer at the end. And it has, like, this. It's, it's That was a horrible way of showing you what she did. But it is sickening. And she sounds great. Um, Whether or not I think it's ethical, like, we've been over the fact that I think it's not. Um, Yeah, and I think just one thing that I heard from, like, the Broadway sphere that I think is worth noting is, like, it's really hard to keep Broadway shows open these days, and it's really sad that the resort that we have to go to is somebody problematic and hard to work with in order to keep a show open, like, in order for all those people to keep their jobs even, like... Because, I don't know if you guys know this, but, like, quick Broadway history, quick Broadway lesson. For a Broadway show to be open, like, their operating costs are, like, impossible to make back, basically, unless you're, like, Hamilton. Like, you need to have 95% plus, um occupancy every single night in the theater to make your money back because you want to reach recoupment where you can start making money if you recoup the show and pay back your investors then you can start making money and the operating costs just make it nearly impossible to do that unless you're 100% full every single night that's why something like a wicked and hamilton can stay afloat so easily because they've reached recoupment and they're always at 100% occupancy every night it's like really really hard to keep a show open so like knowing that i just wish that we didn't have to resort to what we did um but yeah that's all i'm gonna say about it like i don't have any real thoughts other than like everyone keeps asking me how do you feel about leah michelle's performance i'm like if she wasn't if she didn't sound that good what the fuck was all the what was all the drama for you know what i mean like she like that's her job to sound that good like dude like we knew she was gonna sound that good like that's the whole thing so Anyway, if you want to go listen to it, go listen to it. But that's that on Broadway news. What else? Okay, I saw the Elvis movie. Um, Really quick and dirty on it. Like, I think that most of you probably follow me on Instagram. If you don't, we just hit 100K. I'm giving away a Dyson Airwrap. And I just got word from one of my theater partners that I work with that I'm going to be giving away a pair of tickets to a show. I haven't selected the show yet. So if you guys have any shows that you really want to see and that you would love to enter a giveaway for, let me know. I was thinking, like, if we can a hamilton maybe i don't know i was thinking like something maybe that's closing even maybe like a music man maybe a wicked moment like we have range here you know we have time to explore maybe a hades town um due to the nature of the contestation i'm not going to ask them for funny girl so sorry don't dm me that cuz i'm not that's not i'm not giving away tickets to that so anyway Hit me up in the DMs if you have a show you'd really like to see because I haven't chosen the show yet with the partner, but I'm really excited about that. Um, But you might have known that I saw the Elvis movie and I just like movies need to be 90 minutes long or less. My brain personally can't handle a long movie. The movie was far too long, far too long. Tom Hanks sucks. He's done. You know what? Some people just need to know when to be done and like to quit when they're ahead a little bit. And, like, Tom Hanks, you have had an illustrious career. Take a moment off. Like, you don't need to take every role because this one you tanked and it brought down the team average. Like, Austin Butler, Fire Flames, phenomenal, phenomenal. So fucking good. Like, you were dragging him down by existing. Also, I don't understand who decided that the manager, like, whatever his name was, Tom Hanks, should have narrated it. And before I get anybody saying I'm wrong, listen up. I think that Priscilla or... Lisa Marie should have narrated the movie. Now, a lot of people are like, well, Lisa Marie wasn't born until like well into his career. Fine. In the beginning, she would be like, my dad is blank. And it could be like a flash forward, flashback. And then she could recount i'm gonna retell the story in the beginning she's retelling the story like it's a story like she's narrating the like tom hanks narrated parts of it that he didn't fucking wasn't involved in so like she would narrate like it was a story we would forget it was even her and then when she becomes involved the stakes are raised the emotions are elevated same thing with priscilla could have been either of them missed opportunity i like if you're gonna watch the elvis movie watch it in chunks I don't know. Like, I'm not a fan of the Elvis movie. Like, I know people, and it was crazy because my DMs were other, like, worst movie ever I left. And the other half was, like, best movie ever, like, bury me at the Elvis movie. So, like, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I didn't love it. And it just wasn't my favorite thing in the world. And that's just going to be what it is. But what is my favorite thing in the world ever, ever is the fact that it's autumn. Like, it's September 7th while I'm recording this. It's probably still, s- it's, Oh, it's not 88 degrees. I like pulled up my weather thing and it said 88 degrees. And I'm like, girly, it's not. Like, we're not in Santa Clara, California. Why is it saying that? Okay, like, I'm going to tell you exactly the weather. Like, I'm a weatherman now. I'll tell you the weather when you're listening to this in New York, New York. It is 72 degrees currently. And it is going to be um, 72 degrees for the rest of the day uh, today, which doesn't matter to you guys. Um, But if you're in New York City and you're curious, it's going to be a... Pretty beautiful weekend, actually. It's going to be a low of 63 and a high of 80 tomorrow, a low of 64 and a high of 83 on Friday, and a low of 67 and a high of 84 on Saturday. So clearly, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about because I'm like, it's autumn. It's 80 degrees for the rest of the month. Like, I'm looking at the 10-day forecast, like, it's it's hot, okay? But to me, it's autumn. I'm wearing a sweater. I've been drinking my pumpkin spice. I'm really enjoying the autumnal thing. I don't like summer, and I'm very happy that it's autumn. Last couple things before we get into the episode I went to the U.S. Open with free people and it was the coolest thing ever like I cannot tell you guys how gracious and like how much wait I can't call myself gracious I didn't mean it like I'm so gracious like I feel very grateful that I could be invited to an event like that I love watching women's tennis it's my favorite sport to watch to go with my favorite brand to a box with literally both Allie Love and Chelsea Cutler were in the box. Like, ask me if I played it cool. You guys know I'm a fan. But I love Chelsea Cutler, seen her twice in concert. Allie Love, obviously, queen of my life. My life. So, anyway, that was amazing and, like, truly just an exceptional experience. It, I, like, want to cry talking about how grateful I feel and how thankful I am for that. And I hope I did you guys a service in showing you a little bit of behind-the-scenes content um, what else? Oh, okay. Also fashion week's coming up. Actually my first event tonight while I'm recording this, I'm going to a long shop thing. I've seen a lot of content creators be like, I'm not doing fashion week this year. Like I'm setting boundaries, whatever. Like I don't like everyone's allowed to say whatever they want to say. I think like fashion people that aren't doing it should definitely be like, I'm not doing it. I'm trying to set a boundary, like trying to take my mental health break. I'm like, I don't get invited to like shows. Like I'm not like a fashion girl. Like, and I also like, I don't know if I'd want to do, like, the show thing. Like, I think it's really cool. I'm going to Cynthia Rowley's show. That's, like, the only one I've gotten invited to, and I'm, like, very excited about it because I love Cynthia Rowley and people I know will be there, and it's, like, going to be my first fashion show that I've ever seen. So, like, I'm very, very excited for that. I think it's going to be phenomenal. But other than that, like, I'm not really, like, huge into – like, you guys know I like clothes, I like shopping, but I'm not, like, a fashion girl. So I don't feel, like, a lot of pressure to be invited to things. So when I'm not invited to things, which I, like, wasn't invited to any shows – i'm not like super pressed about it but of course there are like parties and whatnot that i've been invited to so i'm going to a longchamp party tonight which is really cool because i've always loved longchamp i have one of their backpacks and i love it i got invited to an asos party that i might go to um there's a revolve thing so it's mostly like social parties i don't even know which ones i'll go to if at all but there might be some content coming your way just from like New York Fashion Week, adjacent things. And then I'm leaving on the 16th to go to Puerto Rico and hunker down and write and finish writing and editing my book for like 10 days. And I'm very excited to just like get out of the city and cocoon myself and just write. I'm 12 chapters down, four chapters to go, and I have a month and a week to finish that and also do edits. So the pressure's on, but also like this is the craziest experience of my life and I can't believe it's happening. And I feel very like, I don't know if it's going to hit me until it hits me. So I'll, I'll keep you updated on if it ever hits me, but currently not hitting me. Okay. Last thing I wanted to talk about before we get into this week's episode, which is literally a live advice column that I'm so excited for is the Don't Worry Darling Venice premiere. Now, like, let me just say something right now. Fuck Olivia Wilde. I'm sorry to be vulgar. Like I, I'm like, you cannot wear a sweater that's embroidered with the word feminist and do what you did. Like just, ugh, it makes me so mad. Also, like What a missed opportunity. Like female directors need to be standing up for their female actors. Female directors need to be standing up for people in general, creating safe and like comfortable spaces. Like, ugh, why? And then I'm like, also, if Harry Styles like keeps dating you, like I'm kind of salty about that. Like, listen, like, I don't know. Like, is she a good person? Like, I don't know. Like, that's just my personal opinion. But what I just thought was so funny and iconic is that they all look like they hated each other. And I just needed that kind of like, I was not, I did not care about this movie at all. i safe to say my interest has been piqued Like, watching Florence Pugh stroll up and be like, Aperol Spritz, please, and like be like ignoring everyone is like the energy I pretty much am like going into the fall with. Like, I'm going to autumn with sort of like a I'll have one Aperol Spritz and don't talk to me vibe, but I'm also gonna look stunning and beautiful and like immaculate and just serve. I've always loved Florence Pugh. She's like my number one celebrity crush. I think she's the most amazing person and gorgeous person in the world. And that being said, like she's giving us everything and it's, it's like a treasure. So I thought all of that content was truly hilarious. I thought I needed it to survive yesterday. Like as it was coming through, I was like, "Mm, yeah, I, I'm going to watch other people make hilarious content about this and I'm going to just feel so calm. So I definitely did anyway that was a lot of updates I know it was um, but we're gonna get into the meat of the episode I just wanted to give like a little disclosure before we start I'm giving advice I'm not an expert I don't give advice about anything related to like health or eating disorders at all my number one advice always is seek therapy and seek out a professional um, it's really important as a mitigation tactic or just to help you go through something also I get a lot of like sometimes I'll get a lot of like bots or like blank people in my dms being like what gives you the agency to give advice like why do you think you should be able to give advice and like I don't really think that like anyone has the agency to do anything until they do it number one but number two like I would ask those same people like when you call up your mom or like a friend or like you ask somebody at work for advice like what gives them the agency to give you advice I feel like When you ask someone for advice, it's because you trust their opinion, you value what they have to say, you think that they might be able to help you, and I'm really honored that people feel that way about me because I never claimed to be, like, amazing at advice. I feel like in my friend groups and with my friends, like, going through the world, I always felt like... People were coming to me for advice. Like just naturally, it was something I gravitated towards. But I never was trying to like make a career out of it or like write a book about anything like that until people started asking. And then I was like, okay, maybe this is something that I really like to do. So from my point of view, I'm just giving you advice as as somebody who cares about your best interest and cares about each and every one of you very much but doesn't know you and doesn't know the full story and I'm just trying my best to lead you in the right direction and I hope that everything that I have to say today to you just makes you feel a little bit better or maybe gives you a new perspective or maybe you entirely disagree and that's also okay like all of this always is just about opening up a dialogue and that's what I hope to do and that's what I want to do so that's what we're gonna do I screenshotted a ton I have a ton of different advice um in my google form which is in my bio you can submit advice to me for long form and i'm sure we'll do more of these if you guys like them okay so the first one and also i want to let you guys know i read these before but i didn't think about my advice before so i'm going off the cuff gut instinct because i think that's when i do my best work this is from someone called sad girl i hooked up with a guy from a dating app last wednesday night now it's monday morning and i still haven't heard from him I would like to see him again, but I don't want to reach out first unless I have to. What should I do? Okay, let me read that again. I hooked up with a guy from a dating app last Wednesday night. Now it's Monday morning and I still haven't heard from him. She wants to see him again. Okay. Hi, sad girl. I think it depends on what you want. If you want to be in a relationship... With this guy, and you, the first meeting was you guys hooking up. He might now have the impression that you kind of want to be like a hookup relationship and that he would hit you up if like you guys were like both out late at night or something like that. So, my first piece of advice is like, ask yourself, do you want to like see this guy as someone more than a hookup? If the answer is yes, I think you could message him, like, hey, the other night was really fun. The hookup was great. Would you ever want to like grab a drink? Just try to see like where his head's at because you really have nothing to lose in this situation. If you want to hook up again, you really have nothing to lose. And I would just hit him up on, I don't know, next next weeknight or weekend night that you're out or you want to hook up with someone, I would just hit him up and be like, what's up, what are you doing? Like you can do that. If you've decided in your mind, which is something I urge you all to do, that embarrassment is sort of a choice, that, you know, we choose to be embarrassed, and the worst thing that can happen here is that he doesn't respond, like, if that's worst case, that's actually not so bad because it's just freeing you up to put your energy and attention somewhere else. It's not embarrassing unless you choose for it to be embarrassing, and it's not embarrassing if he doesn't respond. That's completely his loss because you're a gift. So my advice is either way, I think reach out and get yourself some clarity. It's not worth it to sit around wondering and stressing yourself out. If you want to see someone again, tell them that. Ask them. If they say no, sorry, great. It's a win-win because now this person has freed you up to go put your time energy elsewhere or you've gotten the clarity you've needed and you get to see him again. So I hope that you take that advice and just reach out. Something I always did, and I don't know if this is a little toxic, is if I was going to reach out first to someone to avoid like checking over and over if they read or opened it in whatever platform it was, I would just delete it afterward. Like if I texted them and they had read receipts on, I would delete it. And if I messaged them and you could see when they open it, I would just delete it. And then it's out of sight, out of mind until they answer. And if they don't, then you don't have to have that like kind of gut sinking moment where you see someone read something and didn't respond. Okay. Maddie is next. I'm in high school and I just really dread going to school. I love seeing my friends, but otherwise I get overwhelmed so easily. I've always gotten pretty good grades up until sophomore year, last year, and now I feel like I'm ruining my future for myself. I don't know how to get back on track and relax. Okay, Maddie, 100% therapy is my first thing I'm going to say. I think professional help could really help you to regulate some of the stress and anxiety. I think, like, something that we have to note about high school is that grades cannot ruin your future Because it's going to work out how it needs to work out regardless. Like I failed math classes in college and I feel like I've been on the track of success that I've wanted to be on regardless of that. Even though in the moment I was like this is ruined. Do you know what I mean? I think that the first step is just maybe reorganizing yourself a little bit. If you feel really overwhelmed, get on a therapy schedule. Maybe pick up like yoga or meditation or journaling. Just kind of try to set your mind right first and be feeding your mind and soul the good things that it needs. And then maybe organize yourself. Decide the things in your life that aren't serving you, that aren't helping you to mitigate this anxiety. And maybe get a new planner. Maybe, you know, start a new routine and soften yourself into it in a way that feels really right and strong for you. And just get your ducks in a row. If you want your priorities to be, getting your grades back on track to where you would feel happy with them and you would feel fulfilled with your performance in these classes maybe we look into after school like teacher time when you can go to the teachers and ask for a little extra help or if you can A tutor or just you know setting aside time for yourself when maybe like if you have a ton of activities you do maybe prioritizing like the two that you like the best and maybe letting one of them take the back seat for just like this semester or this year so that you can prioritize your school a little bit I think it's just a little bit about reorganizing yourself because you sound like all your intentions are right and you just don't know where to start also, I can't recommend therapy enough. There are tons of ways that you can do therapy for less expensive, therapy online. And I think it would just help you if we can get your anxiety under control a little bit because as an anxious girlie myself, I can totally put myself in your shoes where you're like, I really, I know that I want to fix this, but I don't know where to start. I feel like setting your mind right is going to be so helpful and then you're going to crush it and I hope you do. All right. This is college girl. I'm not confident in my body at all, and I've always wanted to lose weight. I feel like I have no control over what I eat, and I always say I'll start again tomorrow. I want to start feeling good in my body and being more confident. I also feel like it's hard to lose weight in college when you go out all the time and drink. I don't want to cut out drinking, and the dining hall food is unhealthy, and it's so easy for me to overeat. Okay, so college girl. Pretty much up until I graduated college, I could not remember or recall a time in my life when I wasn't trying to actively lose weight. And it kind of made me sad when I realized that because I was like, "I, I don't know why I'm doing this to myself. Like, it's all I think about. And it kind of ruined some of my college years that I was focusing so much on how I looked and not the memories that I could be making and, like, the present that I could be living in. I think that there is a way to straddle wanting to make healthy choices for yourself and feel you know, really proud of your body, but also accepting your body and feeling confident in the beauty and the power that it already has. So I think maybe we should let this idea that you have to lose weight take the back seat because it's really going to stifle your ability, I think, to enjoy the present moment and just make some choices for yourself that feel a little bit more healthy. Maybe you're going to try to get a gym buddy and go to the gym twice a week. Nothing crazy. Nothing that limits your ability to study or live in the present or go to social outings. Maybe when you're in the dining hall, like you're, you know, deciding to have some greens incorporated into your diet. Just making like a couple healthier choices that are going to make you feel a little bit better about you know yourself but also you're not actively obsessing over your need to lose weight and in terms of your body just coming from my perspective i eventually one day looked in the mirror and realized that i was spending most of every day hating my body and that was an active choice i was making and i could also make the same active choice to accept my body I don't believe that I'll ever love my body 100% 24-7. I don't think it's realistic, but I accept it because I realize that it is gorgeous and beautiful no matter what and that it allows me to live the life I lead and it allows me to count my memories, not my calories, every single fucking day. And so for me, a lot about the confidence and realizing that was like, I want to start dressing in a way that makes me feel confident because I would so often hide my body through clothes. I want to start investing in, you know, some pieces that make me feel really happy and selling some old clothes that don't make me feel so good or that are maybe too small. I want to start moving my body in a way that feels good for me and not in a way that I think will make me lose weight. I switched my mindset and it really helped. And I really want to urge you to not focus on losing weight so so much because I think it really is going to dampen your ability to just make those memories. And coming from somebody who did focus on that for a lot of college, I wish I didn't. So I urge you to count memories and not calories. Make a couple healthy choices for yourself that feel really, really good and just make you feel empowered. And I would focus more on how you feel and not how you look. And I hope that that helped, college girl. I really resonated with that in college. Okay. Let's see. Margo. All right, I just started college and it's totally not for me. I am so embarrassed because I've told everyone in my life how much I was looking forward to this next step in my education only to come to the conclusion that this is hurting more than benefiting me. I have no idea what to do and whenever I reach out to my sister who is my main support system, she just responds with, I don't know, college is hard, get used to it. I feel like I'm on my own in this struggle and have no idea what to do. I want to like college and continue with my education, but I feel like I'm at a dead end. Okay, so I think... I don't want to at all patronize you, Margot, because all the things you're feeling are totally valid. I think that while the things you're feeling are really valid because they're feelings and you can't help but feeling them, how we're looking at them and the actions we're taking about these feelings might not be the ones that you think you should take. So maybe you're like, I hate it here. I don't want to be here. And your first thought is immediately I should drop out or transfer. I think you should stick it out for the year and try to put your best foot forward. You should always feel everything, especially the hard things. There's no toxic positivity here but I implore you to try to find some things that feel really good and happy about your experience. Even if it's like, I really like the pizza in the dining hall. I really like this one friend I made in this one class. I really like this specific walk that I take after I do my homework. Just finding little shreds of joy and seeing if by the end of this year, if you feel better or not. Just checking in with yourself and asking those questions because I want to implore you to just try. I think where your sister is coming from is well intended Just a little harsh in her verbiage. And I think you're allowed to tell her that. I think she just wants you to give it your best shot. And you know see if you end up liking it. From my perspective, I think everyone tries to make freshman year look like it's so much fun, but they're actually really not having that much fun at all. And I think that it's definitely an adjustment period. So ride the wave, try to find something positive, try to find somebody else to lean on. If it's a therapist, if it's another friend, if you talk to your sister and you just say like, typically you're my support system and lately it just hasn't really felt that way. And I don't really feel good about like where I'm at and you're not helping, something of that nature, I think could be helpful. But ultimately, I want you to try to stick it out for the year if you can. Obviously, if it just gets to be too much, you have every right to leave and there's nothing wrong with taking a break or dropping out. But I think just trying your best to see if you feel better by the end of the year, if things lighten up a little bit. And if they don't, then you can decide what happens next. I think just like give it a little bit of a shot. Try your best to be positive if you can and lean on the right people. And also, I would talk to your sister because it sounds like typically she's a really good support system for you and you might just be feeling like a little bit not on the same page with her okay this is from the best friend basically me and this guy have been talking for about two months and we have the same friend group and are really close he completely friend zoned two of the other girls in the group and didn't do the same with me we facetime text and snapchat a lot recently we went to a party but while there he'll put his arm around other girls and of course i feel jealous The girls, however, love me too and spend the whole time trying to be my friend, so then he ends up with no one. I then got an apology text the next morning, although I wasn't too upset about it. Do I shoot my shot and risk the friend group or wait around? I don't think that this guy sounds like a good guy. I think, first of all, so I had a friend group in high school. I feel like this is high school, but it might be college. But I had a friend group in high school where there was like, 20 girls and, like, 20 guys. Of course, people were, like, hooking up in and out of the friend group. There were guys in the friend group that definitely hooked up with multiple of the girls. There were girls in the friend group that definitely hooked up with multiple of the guys. That was something that happened. But, like, in terms of, like, dating or pursuing relationships with those guys, that wasn't really something that we did unless it was just, like, oh, those two people. Like, let's just make up names. Like, Sarah and, like, Marcus. Like, Sarah and Marcus are, like, they're dating. Like, nobody else is going to hook up with Marcus other than either – Otherwise, they're out of the group, and same thing with Sarah. Like, those two people are for each other. And when we did, like, inter-hook up, like, when I did hook up with, like, one of the guys and, like, his other friends, there was space and time in between. Like, I would hook up with one, and then, like, six months to a year later, another one. So, like, things had changed. It had fizzled, and those things weren't that deep. It wasn't like I was, like, talking to. When, like, somebody... I had a, I like basically dated somebody in my high school friend group and it was like on again off again for like our senior year of high school and then also after our freshman year of college. Like if another girl had hooked up with him, like I would have been upset. Like it wouldn't have been cool. So I think like in terms of this, I just like wouldn't get involved. Like he doesn't sound like he wants to be with you. I think he sounds like kind of more like a player. And if you're down to hook up, that's fine. But I think it might upset, it sounds like it might upset these other friends that you have. And I just like wouldn't, eat is that what they say I wouldn't eat where you shit. I just like wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I think it just sounds like a recipe for like messiness. Unless he was like, I want to take you out on a date and like truly pursue you and like I'm not seeing other people. Like different story, but in terms of this, it sounds like he just wants to have that ego boost of having the attention of all these different girls. And I just wouldn't I wouldn't pursue it personally. Okay. This is from someone who would like to be called a lemon drop. She says so I'm a virgin, also a sophomore in college. I've decided to just is the time to lose it i wasn't really waiting for anybody i just wanted to at least get to know i wanted to at least know how i was losing it who i was losing it to but i'm in college and no man gets to know you so my dilemma is i did not know if i tell the person that i'm a virgin i don't want to make it awkward but i also don't want to lie okay i truly think that nothing is awkward unless we make it awkward so I think that when looking for someone to lose your virginity, you should just generally baseline trust that person and like like them and they should respect you. And if all of those things are true, like if you meet someone and they respect you and you trust them and it seems like it's going to be healthy and safe thing to go into, then I think it wouldn't be awkward to tell them because they're not going to make it awkward because they respect you and and you trust them and you're not going to make it awkward either. I think You don't have to come out and be like, I'm a virgin and, like, have a conversation about it before, like, weeks in advance. I think, like, if things are heating up and it's looking like it's going to go in that direction, you can split away from the person and be like, by the way, this is my first time. Like, I want to do it, but just, like, I want you to know because, like, I don't really know exactly what I'm doing And I just want to have fun, like keep it lighthearted, keep it chill. And if the person like pulls away and is like, oh, I'm no longer comfortable with this. That's kind of on them for making it awkward. But obviously everybody has their own boundaries and like you can have a conversation about it and then maybe you can let them know like, no, this is really not a huge deal for me. I've thought about it a lot. I want to do it with you. I just like wanted you to know it's not the kind of thing where I'm looking to date you. I just like wanted you to know for my own comfort level in this situation, like something like that. I would tell them just because I think you're going to be more comfortable I know plenty of people who didn't tell the person but in terms of like I would have just felt I felt better the person knowing um, the person I lost my virginity to was not a boyfriend at the time we were just like hooking up and seeing each other given I was in high school so he assumed I was a virgin but I did tell him and I just felt a bit more comfortable so I would recommend telling the person and the right person the person that respects you isn't going to make you feel awkward or embarrassed about that because it's not awkward or embarrassing. Okay good luck okay this is from possibly codependent girlfriend hi eli i have been with my boyfriend for four months we were friends for a year then serious best friends for a year before we started dating in my last long-term relationship there was a certain codependency that my boyfriend put on me at first we were codependent and then he conditioned me to being dependent on him where he manipulated me into needing him important to note i am a mostly confident person that is sensitive of people close to me my current boyfriend and i are also light living together like we basically just spent over a month together without a night missed. I've noticed myself getting intentionally upset when he needs to go home or thinking about him not giving updates on days we won't see each other. We were planning on moving in together in a couple of months and I don't want this to become an actual issue that I can't move past and would love to try to direct this extra attention on myself, maybe to grow independence or work on myself in some new growth way, fitness, organization, music, etc. Any advice as to how I can address these feelings so they don't end up ruining my relationship? Okay. Okay possibly codependent girlfriend you are so emotionally intelligent and self-aware so like claps to you that's fucking awesome like I'm very excited for you because you're like I'm ignore. I know all of this like I am here my ducks are in a row bing bing boom first thing I would do your current boyfriend needs to know like, you can read him this if you really want wanted to if it's like easier like I would just be like, listen, this was an issue in my last relationship. I am telling you because I'm going to be working on this because I am worried about it getting in the way of my current relation- our current relationship and my happiness. I think that spending every night together isn't codependent. And it would be natural because you felt codependent and then dependent and manipulated before to have little urges to maybe fall back into that behavior. But I think that if you spend every night together and then you're like, damn, I'm sad about not being together tonight, that's okay. But what's not okay is like, I can't spend this night alone or like, I can't have independence outside of this person. I think that practicing in the next few months, like before you move in together, the way that you spend your time alone and how you're... You're fulfilling your own life outside of your boyfriend and like really enjoying and like respecting yourself, time and taking yourself on dates and urging him to like be separate from you will be really helpful and healthy because it is helpful to, and healthy to have separate lives when you do live together. I think that's a concern that comes up with me when I think about moving in with my boyfriend. I think about, okay, like, but would I become very like introverted into our relationship because it's so easy to do that? You really have to be intentional about, you know, curating and maintaining your life outside of just your partner. And that is something that you do have to be intentional about. The other thing I would recommend other than just telling him and then being super intentional about how you're kind of like molding your life outside of him is maybe therapy, but also couples therapy. Now I saw someone say like we, me and my partner went to couples therapy before we got married because it was just like premeditative, And I was like, fuck yeah. Like if you have the resources to do that, I think it's so healthy. I think everybody should be in therapy. If they have the resources, I think it is the best, most amazing thing. And I really think it could help you to flesh out some of these ideas and Again, you're so emotionally aware, like you know everything. It's now just about executing it, talking to your current partner, journaling it out, making yourself a plan about how you're going to be intentional and like you're on the right track. So I would be proud of yourself and then put all of this in motion. Okay. This one's from Miss Perfectly Fine. I had a super fun summer fling, but before I left for school, he confessed his feelings for me. The feelings were pretty much reciprocated but since it would have been a long distance situation I ignored it but now it's been radio silence between us with only the occasional drunk texts about missing each other and the worst part is I still can't seem to move on. I'm headed back to my hometown for the next few weekends and along with holiday breaks coming up I just don't know what to do. Do I meet up again with him and try to make it work? Okay miss perfectly fine. I don't really think it's so what sucks about feelings is that we can't turn them off like a light switch right like that's why I never blame someone when they're in a toxically or emotionally manipulated like situation. Like I have dated an emotionally manipulative person before and people were like, "Why are you with him?" It's like, "Well, I can't just turn my feelings off and it's like really hard for me to get out of this right now." Similarly to you, you would love to be able to turn the feelings that you have for him off and just like go about your life at school, but it's like actually not that easy to do. I think if the feelings are still here by the time you get home, reach out and be like, "Hey, I wanted to talk a little bit about the feelings that you had for me and maybe where you're at now because to be honest with you, I just can't stop thinking about you and nothing really compares at school and I just think like maybe it's worth investigating and just meeting up for like a drink or a coffee or a walk and just kind of like talking through it. I think you should just see like where you guys are at and for me, I did do a little bit of like a don't ask, don't tell thingy with my high school ex-boyfriend for a while and like I'm not going to say it worked. It also didn't not work. I, I've i seen people make that work. I've seen people go full long distance. Like it's tough, but I think you need to go with your gut here. And like, if you're still thinking about this person and you're like two, three months into school, like I don't see a reason to not reopen the door because like our feelings don't really like, they're not going to like be um, convenient for us. Like feelings aren't a convenient thing. They just happen. We can't avoid them. We can't turn them off like a light switch. And I think you should investigate it a little because if anything, if it's not going to work out, maybe you'll realize why it isn't going to work out and that too could be really healthy. Okay. This one's from Aries Queen. So one of my best friends always goes after guys that I've been previously into. I've talked to her about how it upset me, and it seemed like her apology was genuine, but last night we were at a party, and I was flirting with this guy. I go to the bathroom and come back, and she's hooking up with him. It just seems like she thinks of me as competition, but we've been friends for years, so I don't know why she views me like that. Help me, Eli. All right, I'm really sorry, Aries Queen. That actually sucks. I'm really proud of you for talking to her the first time, but it sounds like she didn't really hear you. I believe in second chances, um, but she clearly took it and shit all over it. If she's going to do that to you, I'm being really protective over you right now. I think she's insecure and that's why she's doing this. I think that she probably sees you as like you guys are super close. She's a little insecure and so the way that she's going to make herself feel better is to push you down by like going after guys that you've been into in the past or have been flirting with. I think now is a perfect time to have another conversation where you're like, hey, I talked to you about this I thought we were on the same page about it clearly we weren't it was really hurtful to me and I just need a little space from you I think you should see how like tough love kind of works because you tried to give her a second chance and just be super like nice about it and that you thought it was genuine and it clearly wasn't maybe she'll have an explanation and another apology but I would tread really lightly with this one and let her know you need some space and if she wants to put work in To regain your trust she can but like it was really good of you to give her a second chance and I really do believe that you should have given her the second chance I think everything you did was right but I think now it's kind of time to just maybe take some space from this friend because even though you've been friends forever it just doesn't sound like she's prioritizing you and your needs right now or being a good friend to you and you deserve better okay this is from livers My long-distance college boyfriend and I are on a break for four weeks while we try out the single life for the first time in two years in New Cities. I miss him so much, but also want to seize this hiatus in our relationship as a temporary single woman. Tips on how I enjoy this moment. All right, I'm going to give you tough love. I have a big problem with breaks. I just don't get it. Like, I think either you break up and try to be single or you stay together and push through it. And the reason I feel like this is because Of course you feel confused right now. If you know that you're going to be getting back together with him, as it sounds, because you called it a temporary single woman and that you're on a hiatus in your relationship, like, it almost sounds like you guys just have, like, a green card go for four weeks to hook up with whoever you want, and then you're just going to get back together. I feel like if you do go out and hook up with other people and see other people and you get back together, you're each going to have your own problems and reservations with what you did during the break. Like, I feel like if you are going to go out and hook up with people... There's gonna become problems because you're both gonna get upset. Like, wouldn't you be upset? I don't really know the whole context of this, but I'm thinking about it for me, okay? Like, let's just say I go to college, we decide to be single for four weeks only. It feels like it's like a four week crazed, like crazy thing where I'm gonna hook up with a bunch of people. But then when I get back together with my partner, I'm actually gonna be really hurt that they hooked up with other people, even if they still wanna be with me. And I feel like they would be hurt if I, if they hooked if I hooked up with other people too. And then, in the converse, if I didn't hook up with other people and they did, I would be upset. And if they didn't hook up with other people and I did, I feel like they have every right to be upset. So I feel like in this situation, you need to, I think that you need to reevaluate the break and either make it a little longer because this just like doesn't give you enough time to really evaluate and really just feels like it's like a haul pass for four weeks or decide to be together because that's what you want especially because it sounds like you miss him and it kind of sounds like you don't want to hook up with people and you shouldn't have to also if you're freshly out of a relationship like it shouldn't be like a you know if you guys did end up breaking up it might take you a little time to hook up with someone I don't really know like what your kind of like thought process is here but ultimately I just want the best for you and it feels like this might not be it I think you should maybe have a conversation with him being like hey I've thought about it I don't really know like I don't know what you've done so far. Here's what I've done so far. I feel kind of weird about this. I think this is, should either be like extended for a semester so we really get time to like think about how we feel about seeing other people before we reevaluate our relationship or I think that we should just be back together cuz this just doesn't feel right. Um and that's my two cents. Okay. Sophomore in college. So I have never been in a relationship, let alone been on an actual date or had my first kiss yet. So when I find out that this really great guy is single, I ask him to a party on a whim and he says he would love to go. The thing is, I literally have no experience and the ball feels like it is in my court. I want to make this like an actual date, but I have no clue what I'm doing or what would be like a funny cute thing to wear. I'm struggling on what to do and how to be chilling myself. Um, I just need help managing the whole situation and how to act when I see him on campus because my campus is so tiny. So I see him everywhere. Okay. So I'm really glad you invited this guy to a party. I think that you should set your expectations really low. I think next time you should invite him to like a coffee or like a movie or like a dinner or something because that might be a little bit of a better like intimate setting. But that being said, you've invited him to the party. So we're going to evaluate from there. I think you should just take this like act like... It's a flirty little friend that you're bringing to a party. Like, this is the perfect opportunity to just dance. Maybe you guys can kiss a little, see where the night goes. I would just, like, the stakes are really low. He said he would love to go with you, so that's amazing. Like, now, like... You've done everything you needed to do. You've asked him on the date. He says he would love to go. Maybe you guys can do some flirty texting before the party, but otherwise, I would just like put on an outfit you feel super comfortable in. Pre-game with your friends or like hang out with your friends before if you don't drink to like hype yourself up and just like go have fun with this person. Like you've decided that this is going to be a super social setting where there's other people around. That might even take the edge off and make it less awkward cuz like say something isn't going super great. It's not just the two of you guys. So, I would just have fun and let loose and like Don't make it this whole thing of like, I've never had my first kiss or I've never been on a date. Like, who cares? Like, you're confident, you're fun, you look awesome, you're chill, and you're going to have a great time and that's all that matters. Like, don't make it this thing of like, I don't have experience because that doesn't even matter and you're going to crush it. Okay. Let's see. Isabel. I just moved to university and I usually work out at least three times a week, eat healthy and work really hard in school, but I don't know why I can't do that in the moment. I'm in a complete funk and feel highly fed up a lot of the time. Advice would be greatly appreciated. Okay, so back to the therapy thing. I think therapy is so helpful for something like this. Like it can really help you to get to the bottom of like why you're in a funk and get out of it. Also, I think that like fitness and health, like in terms of like eating healthy, that shit kind of comes in waves. Like I've had times in my life where I've worked out six days a week and times in my life where I just, like, haven't worked out at all. And both are equally valid, important, and necessary times. If you're not getting to the gym three times a week, who cares, okay? You are doing other things with your time. You just moved to school. It's stressful. There's been a life change. You're not going to be able to stay in your same routine, and I wouldn't beat yourself up about it. Why don't we just try to get to the gym once a week? Like, three times a week, that's an arbitrary number that you created yourself. And you're beating yourself up right now and feel like you're in a funk because you can't hit that. But really, like, it would be fine to not go at all. And it would be really, really awesome if you could get there once a week. So why don't we try that? In terms of eating healthy, like, again, you've just gone through a major life change. That should be the least of our concerns. Make good choices. Do your best. But don't beat yourself up. Like, you're in a transitional period. It is not the end of the world if you're not eating as healthy as you once did. We go through phases. Shit changes and that again should be the least of your concerns in terms of like working hard in school and prioritizing your education I think therapy could help because it is really overwhelming to make this kind of life change and I did feel really similarly to you when I first moved to college and I think it's important to like find ways to kind of get your mind right and get back on track and because school is really important when we're at school but also remember it's like a work hard play hard thing and like You should be working hard in school, but also having a lot of fun and getting involved. I think that this is a really universal experience and I hope you're not beating yourself up because you're doing the best you can and the best you can is awesome. Amazing. Okay, new to relationships, girly says, how do I know if I'm spending too much time with my significant other? It doesn't bother me. He sleeps over every night, but my friends always make comments. I think it's fine if you're sleeping over with your significant other every night, like I basically do that. Um, If your friends are making comments, I would ask yourself, are you spending enough time with them? Are you spending like 85% if not the same amount of time you were spending with your friend before you had the new boyfriend, the new significant other? Um, The reason I ask this is because I'm just like, if they're making comments, it could be born of jealousy because they are jealous and it could be born of like maybe that's not how they operate in their relationship. But it also might be that they're realizing that you're not spending as much time with them as you once did. And naturally you won't when you're in a relationship because now you're splitting your time with a relationship and your friends. But you should really be spending at least 85% of the time that you did before with your friends still. Like only maybe 10 to 15% should be lost and going to that other person. So I would ask yourself like am I spending enough time with my friends? And if you are I just think it's fine and you're doing everything right and they'll forget about that eventually and that's, that is what it is. Okay. Neeks says, I'm struggling with keeping up with the beauty standards. It feels like everyone's gotten work done. I personally have never gotten anything done, but recently I heard the age you start Botox is the year your face will stay at. What if everyone will look much younger than me? What if I'm ugly and don't know it? Is anything I am looking at even real? Should I conform and make sure I'm just as beautiful as everyone else? I'm really confused and feeling low. I just feel like I'm always late to beauty trends as well, so I never have the it girl face. Should I start saving up for Botox? Do men even have these issues? Okay, so there are a lot of questions here and it keeps going and I really resonate with this. I think like it's the age of TikTok and Instagram has made it so much harder and it is like such a fucked up pressure that we face and it's all really patriarchal. I wanna start by saying if you're choosing to have work done and you're choosing to get Botox or get your titties done or get your lips done or whatever it is, you're choosing to do that I don't see a problem in it if it's your own choice as a woman because I'm looking at this from a female perspective the same way that I don't think that there's anything wrong with choosing not to do that I think that everyone should make their own choice about doing it I think that we have to acknowledge that the reason we feel the pressure to do these things is from patriarchy. The reason we feel pressure, even though it's totally okay to make the choice, and that's a new wave of feminist thought. It's okay to get a boob job if you want a boob job. We should be doing the things that we want to do to make ourselves feel better. We should know that we're doing it because of the patriarchy. I think men do have similar issues with beauty standard but it comes in very different ways and also men created the system that then they're trying to approach so it's much different for them and it looks different I think that listen I I look at this from a way of like I think that everybody is beautiful and uniquely beautiful and perfect in their own way I have had my boobs done I've had three breast reductions and they were medically necessary so I find it a bit different Um, but in terms of getting my lips done. I did it because I was deeply insecure about my smile and comments online made it worse and I can acknowledge that the reason that I wanted to to do my lips and get a lip lip was probably also subconscious patriarchal standards but at the end of the day the choice I made was that I look in the mirror now and I feel better about myself I am more confident and I have I'm thinking less about being destructive toward myself but I thought my smile was beautiful when I also had a very gummy smile but I got bullied for it when I was a kid and then I started getting bullied for it again on TikTok and I was like enough is enough I'm fixing this because I can and that was my choice and nobody's allowed to take that away from me but on the same token I felt also beautiful when I had a gummy smile and so I think what it really is, is that the only beauty standard you should be keeping up with, and it's really hard to turn that off because it's fucking everywhere, but really, I will just, like, mute people that make me feel bad about myself. I don't watch creators that make me feel bad about myself. I don't watch, like, un... Like, I don't compare myself to people like the Kardashians because it's unhealthy, and it's really hard to get yourself out of that mindset, and it has a lot to do with being an intentional, you know, consumer, which sucks um, that we have to even do this, that we have to even think about this, but for me, it's like, I know that I fit the beauty standard in certain ways because the beauty standard is very, 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 very akin to like whiteness and thinness and that's also shitty. But I think that when... At the same time as there's so much content that's like driving patriarchal beauty standards there's so much content lifting up and acknowledging diverse and beautiful people and diverse and interesting minds and diverse and interesting bodies and i try to really consume that content because that content actually makes me feel good and i try to applaud that content because the more we can push that content into the world and into the space we can sound out the other content that's pushing the beauty standard um, I think also just remembering that like pretty much anybody that you're watching on the internet probably isn't going to be relatable to a typical lifestyle because they don't have a typical lifestyle. And if you have to mute or block someone because they're not serving you, that is definitely a boundary that is okay to set. But ultimately, I just think that like if you love the way you look and you loved the way you looked before you started to consume this content that made you consider, wait, maybe I don't love how I look, then I... I think that you should just be blocking out that shit and looking at content that makes you feel good and make you feel inspired. I think that there is something to be said about making choices and changes for yourself that make you feel empowered and good about yourself and that is absolutely 1000% your choice but ask yourself am I making this choice for me because I didn't fit I didn't get my lip done because I wanted a man to think I was more attractive or society to think I was more beautiful I did it because I was really fucking insecure and it was actually affecting my anxiety on a day-to-day basis and it was making me really upset and now I'm not dealing with that and is that shitty? Yes. Is that definitely beauty standard? Because the beauty standard is to not have a gummy smile, apparently. And people made me feel that way. Yes. But I made the choice for me. So I think it's really tricky, but I think it's a lot about being intentional. And I just want you to know that I'm having all the same thoughts that you are. And I'm I'm going through all the same the feelings. And I think a lot of us do as well. But following and consuming content that makes me feel empowered about myself and highlights really diverse and interesting bodies and people is absolutely the beauty standard I look to a beauty standard where everybody's fucking included and everybody's iconic and everybody looks amazing because everybody is so idiosyncratic and different and stunning and I hope that answers you um to the best of the ability that I can okay I'm gonna do one more I'm looking for one more one more okay this is from someone called awkward Annie How do I not have shame about being a part of hookup culture? I genuinely like and enjoy going to parties and making out with people, but when it comes to anything more, I feel embarrassed about it. Okay. Annie. Hi. Awkward Annie. Sorry. I think that the shame, so the unique shame of hookup culture really, really falls on the backs of women. Okay. And it stems from like, I always use Bridgerton as an example, but like, the men in bridgerton are running around having one night stands sleeping with people having premarital sex the women in bridgerton don't even know what sex is like that was our humble beginnings like dead ass like on your wedding night you would effectively be assaulted because you would not know what sex was and all of a sudden it would be happening to you it made us it makes us carry a deep shame around sex as women and subconsciously we're still taught that it is shameful to have a lot of sex whereas for men it's cool it's punk it's rock and roll right it's awesome So I think that we really need to acknowledge that the way things begin are often the way that they are because we're always going to carry that with us and it's about breaking it down for ourselves. And I think that something that I want to let you know is that you're allowed to feel about sex exactly how men feel about it. I think what helps me is consuming a lot of sex-positive content from sex-positive women, listening to podcasts like Girls Gotta Eat, and even like in the beginning of Call Her Daddy, you know, I had never f- heard a woman, and I, I'm not a Call Her Daddy listener, and I'm also not, I don't subscribe to Alex Cooper's specific school of thought, but what I'm suggesting is the way that she talked about sex so freely and openly, and the way she was applauded for it, opened the door for me to feel comfortable doing the same and so when I consume content like the content from Girls Gotta Eat or like Sex with Emily or any of the sex positive content or if you guys are consuming mine and you feel you know supported by it I I really feel like that helped me to be like fuck yeah I'm allowed to have sex like men do I'm allowed to feel and talk about sex like men do even though other people make me feel like I can't and the thing that helped me the most that really like jump-started my engine was consuming content that was made by women about you know sex positivity and hookup culture I think like it's it's just like anything else we're taught as women to believe that it's shameful to do those things but it's really not it's quite arbitrary and it's all a social construct so I think really breaking it down and also like reading books and consuming content and listening to podcasts that make you feel empowered to go have sex if you want to is really really awesome also I just try to think to myself like if I'm being safe and I'm being respectful of other people and I'm having fun and I feel respected and good about my choices, it is nobody's fucking business what I'm doing in the bedroom. And that also really helped me to sort of like unpack and break down the fact that I don't feel any shame. Like I like having sex and personally, I'm not like a big, um, I'm just not a big casual sex girly, but I've done it before, obviously. Uh, Maybe not obviously, maybe you didn't know that, but now you do. Um, And for me personally, like I just, I don't know like once I broke down that like I made a choice that I feel strongly about and I feel good about it like it's nobody's business and I'm thriving and if anybody makes you feel bad about it literally fuck them because that's awful and I think we'll leave it there that was really fun I really enjoyed it if you guys liked this and you want me to do more please let me know because I think that we could have a really good time kind of doing more live advice and that's it for this week's episode. I hope you have an amazing weekend. I hope you're enjoying the shift in weather. I hope you like like that I'm like low-key a fucking weatherman now. And I love you guys very much. And I will see you next time. Mwah. Big hug. If you need anything, please DM me. I will always find your DMs. Include a chicken emoji. And have a wonderful, wonderful, absolutely phenomenal, fantastic, immaculate, EMaki Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I love you. Bye.